to worship at Seattle Mennonite Church this morning. We're continuing our listening and learning series, but we're taking a little break from hearing from Black preachers, and we're going to hear from Pastor Megan in our sermon this morning. Uh, and then just so an opportunity to just reflect a little bit back on what we've heard and then look forward. And um, next week, we'll continue our worship series again, hearing from Black preachers. Regardless of where you are in this uh, country, on this continent, whether you're in San Francisco or whether you're in Texas or whether you're here in Seattle, we are on land of the first peoples of this nation, uh, on indigenous land. Here in Seattle, that means we're gathered on the Duwamish land. And if you are not sure whose land you are gathered on, you can look up nativeland.ca and, and find that, um, uh, find out that information and find out what languages were spoken, find out what territories overlap, all of those things. I invite you into the call to worship with me this morning. Your only response at the end is to repeat after me, come our God, come. Creator, you are home to the exile, touch to the frozen, daylight to the prisoner, authority to the silent, anger to the helpless, your laughter to the weary, direction to the joyful. Come, our God, come. Come, our God, come. And Robin and Mike are going to lead us in our opening song this morning. You've got a place at the welcome table. Are we going to put it up? There we go. You've got a place at the welcome table. you got a place at the welcome table some of these days, hallelujah. You've got a place at the welcome table, you've got a place at the welcome table some of these days. We're gonna feast on milk and honey, we're gonna feast on milk and honey some of these days, hallelujah. Feast on milk and honey. We're gonna feast on milk and honey some of these days. We'll give thanks at the welcome table. We'll give thanks at the welcome table some of these days. Hallelujah. We'll give thanks at the welcome table. light our peace candle each week to acknowledge that we both participate in and witness to God's vision for a just peace for all of creation. This week, as I light my peace candle, I remember with Christian, Christian peacemaker teams and give thanks for five Palestinian youth who are participating in a new program called Through Their Lens. 
These are young people who live in a restricted area of the old city in Al-Khalil in Hebron, and they're sharing their stories through photography, um, stories that tell something of their experience in their little piece of Palestine. We thank God with Christian Peacemaker teams for the resiliency, for the depth of truth, and the depth of hope that they impart through these images. And we pray for CPT as they continue to commit to their work toward a world that honors and protects childhood. And together we pray, we long for a just peace. We pray for a just peace and we choose to live for a just peace. Peace be with you and also with you. This morning, our time with children as we, this is the one I was planning to read last week, um, our time with children as we uh, celebrate books with black protagonists or by black authors, this is called Amazing Grace. And there's a whole series of these books about Grace, who is a girl who loves stories. This is by Mary Hoffman. I'm gonna have to swing myself around here. Grace was a girl who loved stories. She didn't mind if they were read to her or told to her or made up in her own head. She didn't care if they were from books or movies or out of Nana's long memory. Grace just loved stories. And after she had heard them, and sometimes while they were still going on, Grace would ask them out. She always gave herself the most exciting part. Grace went into battle as Joan of Arc and wove a wicked web as Anansi the spider. She sat inside the wooden horse at the gates of Troy. She went exploring for lost kingdoms. She sailed the seven seas with a pig leg and a parrot. And her musty cat who you'll see in lots of these pictures. She was Aladdin rubbing a magic lamp to make a genie appear, and Mowgli in the backyard jungle. Most of all, Grace loved to act out adventure stories and fairy tales, and when there was no one else around, Grace played all the parts herself. She set out to seek her fortune with no companion but her trusty cat, and found a city with streets paved in gold. Sometimes she could get Ma and Nana to join in when they weren't too busy. Then she was Dr. Grace and their lives were in her hands. One day, Grace's teacher said they would do the play Peter Pan. Grace knew who she wanted to be. When she raised her hand, Raj said, you can't be Peter, that's a boy's name. But Grace kept her hand up. You can't be Peter Pan, whispered Natalie. He isn't black. But Grace kept her hand up. All right, said the teacher. Lots of you want to be Peter Pan, so we'll have to have additions next week to choose parts. She gave them the words to learn. When Grace got home, she seemed sad. 
What's the matter? Asked Ma. Raj said I couldn't be Peter Pan because I'm a girl. That just shows what Raj knows, said Ma. A girl can be Peter Pan if she wants to. Grace cheered up and then later she remembered something else. Natalie says I can't be Peter Pan because I'm black, she said. Ma looked angry. But before she could speak, Nana said, it seems Natalie is another one who doesn't know nothing. You can be anything you want, Grace, if you put your mind to it. On Saturday, Nana told Grace that they were going out. In the afternoon, they caught a bus and a train into town. Nana took Grace to a grand theater. The sign outside read, Rosalie Wilkins in Romeo and Juliet. In sparkling lights. Are we going to the ballet, Nana? Said Grace. We are, honey, but first I want you to look at this picture. Grace looked up and saw a beautiful young ballerina in a tutu. Above the dancer, it said, stunning new Juliet. That one is little Rosalie from back home in Trinidad, said Nana. Her granny and me, we grew up together on the island. She's always asking me, do I want tickets to see her Rosalie dance? So this time I said yes. After the ballet, Grace played the part of Juliet dancing around her room in her imaginary tutu. I can be anything I want, she thought. On Monday, the class met for auditions to choose who was the best for each part. When it was Grace's turn to be Peter, she knew exactly what to do and all the words to say. She had been Peter Pan all weekend. She took a deep breath and imagined herself flying. When it was time to vote, the class chose Raj to be Captain Hook and Natalie to be Wendy. There was no doubt who would be Peter Pan. Everyone voted for Grace. You were fantastic, whispered Natalie. The play was a big success, and Grace was an amazing Peter Pan. After it was all over, she said, I feel as if I could fly all the way home. You probably could, said Ma. Yes, said Nana. If Grace put her mind to it, she can do anything she wants. So that is the story of the amazing Grace. And we're going to continue our worship with singing. Please join us in singing number 495, Let All Who Thirst. Oh, let all who thirst, let them come to the water. And let all who have nothing, let them come to the Lord. Without money, without price, why should you pay the price except for the See 
into the water. And let all who have nothing, let them come to the Lord. Without money, without strife, why should you spend your life except for the scripture from Matthew 11 verses 20 to 30 and reading from the inclusive version. Then Jesus began to denounce the cities where most of the miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe to you Chorazin, woe to you Bethsaida, for if the miracles worked in you had been worked in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But the truth is, it will go easier for Tyre and Sidon than for you on the judgment day. As for you, Capernaum, do you intend to ascend to the heavens? No, you will go down to the underworld. If the miracles for you had taken place in Sodom, it would be standing today. But the truth is, it will be easier for Sodom than for you on the judgment day. Then Jesus prayed, Abba, God, creator of heaven and earth, to you I offer praise. For what you have hidden from the learned and the clever, you have revealed to the youngest children. Yes, Abba, everything is as you want it to be. Jesus continued, everything has been handed over to me by Abba, God. No one knows the only begotten except Abba God, and no one knows Abba God except the only begotten, and those to whom the only begotten wants to give that revelation. 
Come to me, all you who labor and carry heavy burdens, and I will take that yoke upon my shoulders and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. Here you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. We are not following a lectionary in the summer, narrative lectionary, which we use in our worship, fall through spring that ends in Pentecost. Um, there are no summer assigned texts. So when I had this open Sunday to preach in the midst of our listening and learning series in which we are um, centering and amplifying the voices of Black preachers, both from our Mennonite church and the broader Anabaptist circle and also ecumenical circles, this is the text that came to me. I don't very often preach um, a text that I just sort of pick but that's what happened this week. And this is the text that came to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And it came to me. And then my initial thought was, yeah, right, Jesus. <laughs> Not feeling so easy, that yoke, that burden isn't feeling so light these days. There is nothing about the seeming intractability of white supremacy and state-sanctioned violence, which grows day by day. There's nothing about that that feels like an easy yoke. There is nothing about this global pandemic. How many months in? Um, and our Washington state public health officials saying this week that we are on a path to runaway transmission. There is nothing about that that feels like a light burden. And no school. Ooh. Probably the right call from a public health um, perspective. And boy, you parents out there, I am so very sorry. That does not sound like rest for your souls or anyone's. So I was drawn to this text because it is so what I and what we, what I'm actually hearing from many of you, it is what we need to hear. And yet I can't not stifle the, yeah, right, Jesus. You say it's easy. You say it's light. I was not feeling that way been thinking a lot in the last weeks about church, about our church, about Seattle Mennonite Church, and what it is that we're missing in our community life together. Um, the longings that I hear expressed by many of you or that I'm noticing sort of collectively, the longings, the griefs, the losses. Um, and one of those is um, it, it is harder to feel together. It's harder to feel together like like a like a whole church like a single church and this is the time when 
when we gather for this Zoom worship experience, and then many stick around for fellowship, and then a, a smaller group for Sunday school. But you know, so this is the time. But it's hard. It is really hard to just feel like a community, to feel like a church. Um, I noticed um, on Facebook earlier this week, Amy Yoder McLaughlin, who's a Mennonite pastor out east. She posted, these days, every decision feels so heavy and exhausting, so many factors to consider, and the information changes moment to moment. Our bodies and hearts were not designed to stay away from each other for this long. Even with the creative workarounds we're coming up with, it's not the same as a hug or a high five or a coffee huddle with friends. It's just not enough. And then she wrote how she really despises this. It is tough. And so I've been thinking about how, how as a church, how as Seattle Mennonite Church do we nurture community with one another? How do we nurture a sense of our mutual belovedness and remembering that? How do we nurture trust in one another when we can't even be in the same space as one another? And how do we, how do we just plain communicate well? We've so relied on those embodied spaces where we gather as whole body spirit selves in a space. Um, we've relied on that to, to anchor us um, as the places where we have conversations with one another, where we ask questions of one another, where I say, hey, what's that just peace proposal that I keep hearing about? and somebody else responds, and maybe somebody overhears the question, and then they're part of the conversation. And we get to have those sort of organic exchanges and being with one another as we're, you know, walking to the thermos to fill up a mug with coffee. So how do we nurture community and belovedness and trust and um, when those embodied spaces are not available to us? So this text, these words of comfort from Jesus that we so need and yet feel so elusive, um, I remember that this is the exact text that for many of the last 15 years I have used, I've chosen and used during an Interdependence Day service. So we just had our Interdependence Day worship a few weeks ago. It's the Sunday nearest the 4th of July. And I've often used this text to talk about the, the blessedness, the sacredness of being bound to one another. And the reason I've used this text is because these Jesus comfort words, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, they aren't spoken to an individual. So many times our, our, how we hear scripture can shift if we realize uh, it's not singular you, it's plural you, it's y'all. We really need more y'alls in the Bible, honestly. It would communicate more accurately and more clearly what's going on. So y'all, y'all take up my yoke, y'all. And in fact, Jesus's metaphor here, the yoke is something, you know, yoke is not something that's held singly. It's, it's designed for a pair of oxen and then for pairs of oxen to come together as a team. It's something that is born as community. And a yoke can only come anywhere close to being easy when it's shared, when it's born together. 
The other thing that I remember when I recall that this is the text that I've used in Interdependence Day worship is that these words of comfort from Jesus follow on a whole litany of woes, words of judgment, words of judgment against cities. Again, it's, it's y'alls. It's not you, Amy, woe on you. It's woe to you, Seattle. It's, it's, it's to the collective. So it's all about those judgment, those words of judgment that Jesus offers is all about how systems, how societies, how, how, how communities have been, they've allowed themselves to get pulled along with the empire's way of exploitative relationships. And Jesus's words of judgment and his call and his invitation is to more justly order those relationships, to more justly order relationships. So that y'all, y'all, Seattle Mennonite Church, can spot one another, making the yoke, if not easy, at least easier, and making the burden, if not light, at least lighter. That more just ordering of interdependencies is the vision that might sustain us in these unprecedented times. And I know how overused that phrase is in the last five months, but my goodness, every day that passes, it feels more and more unprecedented. That is the vision that justly ordered interdependencies is perhaps the vision that can sustain us. I was remembering um, in 2017, in fact, I was going back through notes and I found some notes um, from 2017 when I, um, I flew to Minneapolis for what was called a leadership summit. It was convened by Carol Wise, who's the executive director of Brethren Mennonite Council for LGBT Interests. And so BMC, as it's known by its acronym, hosted this leadership summit with representatives from BMC, from Pink Menno, and also from the Inclusive Mennonite Pastors leadership team. So I was there representing the Inclusive Mennonite Pastors. And Carol invited um, a person by the name of Beth Zemsky to be with us. And Beth studies social movements. And as I was flipping through my notes just a couple of weeks ago, I came across these notes. I learned lots from her in her talk about social movements. But I'm going to share one nugget with you this morning, and that's this. In movements, in social movements, of course, there's exceptions to all rules, but those who study movements tell us that in social movements, typically, people tend to get involved out of pain or anger frustration, something ignites. And that is often the entry point. That's the way that people get involved. But people stay in movements. They remain in movements because of hope and an aspirational vision. That's what keeps people in. That's what holds people. So pastors were talking about this recently, and Melanie said what's going to be the most memorable line of this sermon. So thank you, Melanie. Always glad to steal from you. Melanie says, I'm in it for the shalom. (laughs) 
I'm in this movement for the shalom. I am in it for the vision of the lion and the lamb and the little child that will lead them. I'm in it for the just peace vision of, um, for all creation, God's just peace vision for all creation, for the wholeness and wellness and well-being. I'm in it for the shalom. And the only thing that I would add to Melanie's brilliant, most memorable line is a well-placed y'all. I'm in it for the shalom, y'all. Um, because I can't be in it for the shalom on my own. I need to be in it for the shalom with y'all. So may these words of Jesus, the words that I was drawn to that I initially thought, yeah, right, Jesus. <laughs> may these words of Jesus bring the comfort that we so need. So not just you, 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 and you, but we, you as part of the we, of course, but may they bring the comfort that we so need as we keep our eyes on the prize of this vision of justly ordered interdependencies. Keep our eyes on the prize of shalom. Keep our eyes on the prize of God's vision of a just peace for all creation. Hear these words one more time with the all made explicit. Come to me, y'all. All you who labor and carry heavy burdens, take my yoke upon you all and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. Here, y'all will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy when you bear it with one another, and my burden is light, y'all. May God bless us and keep us. May the very face of God shine upon us and be gracious to us as we continue to find our way through these days uh, together. Amen. And may it be so. Amen. Now let us continue in prayer. Inviting those of you who have prayers for the chat to please add them and I will come to them in a moment. Take a deep breath, friends. Take another deep breath and let it out with a sigh. <sighs> we are called into Jesus' presence this day to rest from the things that are troubling us to learn what Christ can teach of life, to realize what we can offer to others. And so in our prayers, we return into the world, our utterances and our call to others into co-conspiracy and care and loving service. Jesus, our burdens are many and our longings are deep. They don't feel light. They are not light. Yet we come to share them with you and bear your yoke together so that our struggles may become lighter. 
Today we think of beloveds who are moving on, for Brian and Bryce and their move to Salt Lake City. We would ask that you bless their journey. We pray for Jonathan Morrison Winters, beloved who's recovering from COVID-19. For Nicole, who has tested negative but has been experiencing fatigue, and for Oliver and Eleanor, God, we ask that you hold their family in your care. We pray for people taking to their familiar streets in the less familiar guise of revolutionary and for the constant risks of escalation brought about by a militarized presence. We pray for people spending night and day organizing for a safer, inclusive, and just society for Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Give them strength to continue on and a growing movement of co-laborers to multiply the effort to make the changes our society requires. And turning to the chat. Praying with David for continued blessings for Mildy and her caregivers. Praying with Annalena for their daughter Caitlin and family as they're finally coming home next Sunday after many travel setbacks. Oh God, we give you thanks that some things are important. How people are treated, that too often tension is resolved in non-respectful ways, that people are bullied and bulldozed and others give away their power. We give us courage to have respectful conversations with our children, our friends, those who are different than us those whose language it is difficult for us to understand. Oh God, we give you thanks that some things are important, how we see and treat ourselves. And we pray for those who do not see themselves as beloved, as welcome at this table, in our community, or any other because of their history, their addictions, their struggles, or our lack of hospitality. Oh God, we give thanks that some things are important. How we see the world, the voices we choose to hear, the pain and grief we allow ourselves to witness and a transformation you continually bring. Continue to work your transformation within us and within this world so that we shall seek first your will, your dream, and the desire of your heart will, be, will set the beat. And back to the chat, praying with Andy and Joyce, prayers for those who are working at Camp Camrick. Work has started on the staff house. Wow. Prayers for Michael Bade. Thank you. 
as for the sermon, not to take anything away from the sermons we've heard from others, but good to acknowledge the difficulties we experience too. Our children have been doing medical work at the protests and it's an anxious time for us. Yeah. Lord God, we desire to be your people who stand in a long line of those who sit among leopards and shepherds outside the gates, asking simply that Jesus would teach us to pray with our lives. And so it is with them and with Jesus that we pray together. Our Father and Mother, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. Amen and amen. We continue in prayerful gratitude for the gifts that each of you offer to our congregation both of money and of skill and of time and all of the ways that each of you gift our congregation, even with your very presence. And we're grateful for the means uh, in these unprecedented times to be able to collect offerings of money digitally. Today, I particularly bless the discernment that our congregation and the Evergreen Mennonite Church are doing about our property at the Mennonite Voluntary Service House. I bless our congregation's discernment about the property, the, the wealth, the wealth that we hold in property. That we will be discerning of how we use this, how we are best called by God's spirit to use the property that we, that where we usually worship how we best use or release the property uh, on which the MBS program has been located for so many years. And our discernment and our discussion as we head into our adult Sunday school hour later this morning. We're going to close with uh, the song, Just As I Am Without One Plea, uh, set to, not to what might be a familiar to, well, not what might be the tune you would associate with this song, but to another, at least to me, familiar tune, an Irish or English melody that I love. Just as I am without one plea. Start again. I got the wrong chord. Play me a G. Play, play the Okay, there we go. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. And that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of 
just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relief, because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come, just as I am, thy love unknown, hath broken every barrier down, now to be Receive this benediction. May y'all go from here, yoked to Jesus and yoked to each other. May our repentance, our turning toward justice, be joyful and light, or at least more joyful and lighter. Let us be in it for the shalom, y'all. May we go in peace to do justice. Amen.